Hello and welcome to Inspired Mind Podcast. As you connect with our content, we hope that you'll be inspired to grow and develop a better you. Please be encouraged to share this with others. Happy growing. Amen. So I, I so what, one of the things that I, I learned growing up as a little boy, when my father gives an instruction, he will tell you to repeat what he said. What did I say? <laughs> and then you repeat it to dad. And then dad will be convinced that you know what he's saying. So the, the reason for that is because dad wants you to have clarity of his instruction, just like we are required to have the clarity of a vision. Because one thing is to get a vision, another thing is to have the clarity of the vision. And so Jesus was giving an instruction to a group of friends that he did life with for over three years. Um, those he mentored, those he, he, he has led um, in the way of the kingdom. And he was telling them, but you see, when you bring good news to someone, um, thinking that you are bringing good news to someone, um, the first thing you want to ask yourself is that what, um, what is good news? I, I'm sure if I tell you that the definition of good news is news that is good, you will say, duh, of course, that's it. That's what it means. Of course, and I totally agree with you. Good news is a news that is good. So there is a good in the news. Amen. And that is one of the things we want to understand. But theologically, if I want to tell you exactly what good news of the gospel is about, good news of the gospel is basically the announcement of the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. But how much of help is that going to do to an unbeliever? It's just like um, uh, one of the companies that I, I work with is um, Pfizer that does drugs. Um, and so I come to somebody and I say, um, good news, Pfizer just came up with a new drug. And I give them the name of the drug. How excited do you think that person will feel? The person will go like, okay, they came up with a new drug. Eh? I say, and you guess what? Guess what about this drug? This drug is here to destroy and terminate COVID-19. Now I'm talking benefit. And so the person is going to look at me and say, wow, that's good. I want to hear more. Tell me more. So, you know, I learned a long time ago as a salesman that you do not really sell a product. You sell the benefit of the product. What is Jesus being born, dying, and, being, and resurrecting? What, is that, what does that even mean to an unbeliever who has no clue? So when Jesus said, go ye into the world and get the good news, go, Jesus is not just telling you to go tell them that he came, he died, and he resurrected. He's telling you to go tell them what that events of life meant to their own life, or what is the importance of that to them. That is the clarity of that instruction. And so what is the good news? What's the good news? Let's begin to run into it. The good news of freedom. So I'm coming to tell somebody who feels indebted, somebody who is in, in the crisis of sin and the condemnation of sin. I'm telling you that Jesus' birth, death and resurrection has brought you freedom. How many of you know the, the joy in freedom? Let me, uh, let me quickly um, take us to the, the book of Colossians 1, 13 to 14. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That is the thing about freedom. So every time I'm talking about the good news, I'm talking about freedom. And that means more, or that makes more sense to someone than me just telling them about the death and the resurrection of Christ. The book of Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, 
my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. So when, when, they, when Jesus instructed that, go ye, or, or, or like the American version of Jesus, go your, you know, he's telling you, go your, go talk about freedom. Go tell people that they got freedom. Something like that. You know, so that is one of the things. When we are going out to um, spread the good news, this is one of the things we need to bear in mind. We, we also, if we also look at Ephesians 1, I want to quickly read Ephesians 1 verse um, 9 to 10. It says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. In other words, God, has put, God is putting Christ in control. Everything in heaven and on earth. How much of a good news is that to an unbeliever? That's an incredible news. Telling an unbeliever that, you know, I'm giving you the good news of dominion. An unbeliever needs to know that fear and sin and, and, and worries and the failures and sickness of life has no more dominion over our lives because Jesus is in charge. So everything that we need to succeed in life is in, is in Christ and is part of the benefit of his resurrection. I want to quickly um, also look at the book of Luke 10, 19. It says, look, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will enjoy you. What a good news. This is the kind of good news that is not just good for us, but it's good to share. Hey, Amen. How many of you know that what is good for you is good to share? You know, so, so this is the good news of the gospel. Another thing um, that I want us to look at when we are going out and going on that instruction, go ye. When Jesus said, go ye, he's telling us to go out and share the good news of a new start. Um, I, I, I decided to term it that way, um, for lack of a better word. It's, it's a new start. It's, it's, like an, it's, it's like a second chance that Jesus is giving to every sinner in the world. He's telling us, according to the book of um, Corinthians 2, um, you can say Corinthians 2 or 2 Corinthians. It depends on who, where you are coming from, okay? Um, or you can say 2 Corinthians. All right. It says... This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, now listen to this, guys. This is very important to believers, especially. Said everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And, and, and so you, you can imagine the implication of that when you are telling someone that they have the, the grace and the privilege of a new life, a new start. Um, you can imagine what that is. You know, especially those of us in church, I like us to know something that you see when Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus was about to give up the ghost and he said, It is finished. I tell believers and I tell a lot of my friends when we do Bible studies together that Jesus meant every bit of that word. He meant every bit of it. And when he says it's finished, and when you are putting that good news to somebody that it is finished, it means everything, including your ancestral course. It's finished. And so when somebody says to you every time in a gathering that you, the only reason why you have not succeeded is because your forefathers or your father's father did something very awful and that God is just unable to forgive and it wasn't part of the deal for Jesus to, 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 de to do or to deal with, you need to tell them that that is contrary to the scripture that you know. 
You know the funny thing about that? Um, let, me, let me read something to you guys. Um, I hope I help you with this. Ezekiel 18 verse 20. It says, the person who sinned is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins. And the parents will not be punished for the, for the, for the child's sin. Righteous people will be rewarded. That, I'm, talking, I'm reading from the whole testament now. This is even before Jesus came to, to deal with everything. Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior. And wicked people will be punished for their wickedness. We are the righteousness of Christ. Jesus has come to make us look good in the eyes of God. And that's why every time, rather than focusing on, on uh, rather than me focusing on what my father did and what my father didn't get right because my father didn't know better, I will focus on Christ who has made me a new nature. So if there's any lineage, if there is a curse in my lineage uh, uh, that, that needs to affect me, that curse must be on Christ because I'm in Christ's lineage. That's my new, that's where I'm from right now. The blessing that is, that is accrued on Jesus is the blessing that I am laying claim on. That's my inheritance. Come on, say amen with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the good news that we are spreading, we are trying to say, when it says go ye, what are the good news that we are taking forth? The good news of peace, joy, and hope. You know, a relationship that gives confidence. How many of you know how sweet it is when you just meet a new friend? And this new friend is a big deal and it's all that. You, you are so happy that, oh, I'm now the friend of Ayo. I'm now the friend of, you know, Paul. And it just means a big deal to you because you know that with this friendship, you're going another level. How many of you know that there are friends that are the opposite? Amen. Uh, you, you know, you, you have that kind of confidence. So I found a new friend in Jesus. That's a big deal for me. So everything that I can't achieve, Jesus is there to lay it. This is the good news that the unbeliever wants to hear. Um, the, 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 the good news of eternity. Eternity. I love John 3.16. The popular scripture said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Um, some versions will say, I have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth in him. Uh, and sometimes when I see people come to me about the question of, of um, losing your salvation, I always point them to that scripture. Whosoever believes in him will not perish. It's just English language. I know somebody will tell you that, you know, there is a more spiritual, deeper meaning of that. No, it's English language. It's whosoever believes in him will not perish. You know, Jesus has taken away death and the repercussion of our sins. Jesus has kept us. Now, now it's not a license for us to go on sinning. Um, grace is not to make you become a disgrace. When grace is for you to be able to, to, to know that, that you have the ability to overcome sin because Jesus has done it all for us. I pray that the Lord will teach us deeper in Jesus' name. Now, why is, what is, how is this... Um, what must we know as believers when it comes to the whole thing of good news? And the, the first thing that we need to remember as believers is that we are God's or we are good news advocates. We are good news advocates. Now, I can use advocate, I can use witness. Those are the two most popular words that the Bible um, uses to represent us. Um, witness or advocate. Now, let me tell you a little difference in the two. Um, the witness, what a witness does is, a witness is somebody who testifies based on personal relationship. So if I witness 
if I'm, if I'm testifying, if I'm standing in court, I'm sure the legal guys will have more understanding. A witness will say, okay, this is what the Bible, um, this is what I know because I was there. That's a witness. Um, the difference with an advocate is that an advocate will work based on, 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 on presented evidence. Um, that's the difference with an advocate, between an advocate and a witness. So as carriers, as witness, and as advocates for Jesus Christ, um, not only are we giving the good news to the world based on our personal relationship and an experience with Jesus, I'm telling you that my life has never been the same since I met Christ. I am a witness. I'm telling you that I used to be this. I used to be that. I'm a witness. Now, when, I'm, when somebody comes to me and they're telling me about the situation they are going through, and I say to them, my sister, my brother, Oh, I sympathize with you. And do you know, I have a brother in my church that actually went through this same relation, this same issue, and Jesus just delivered him. I'm acting as an advocate because I'm using the evidence and testimony of another person to help someone else. This is how we present the good news of the gospel. This is what we must understand and we must know as believers. Amen. You know, uh, if you look at, if you read uh, Matthew 11, 2 to 5, there was this case where John the Baptist in his prison and he was wondering, and he was talking to one of his disciples. He said, wait a minute, go, go find out from Jesus. Tell him, ask him if he's really the, the, the deal. Um, is, he, is he really the, or, or do we have to wait for someone else? And what did Jesus say? He was so straightforward. Jesus did not say, go, go tell, go tell John the Baptist that I'm the, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one, I'm the Messiah. If he believes it, if he doesn't, that's his business. No, Jesus said, present the evidence. You know, the lame, the lame walk, the dead, are, the dead is risen from, from their grave and, and, and the sick are being healed. Go tell John the evidence that I'm the real deal. So today in our life, we need to understand as believers that no, more than anything else, unbelievers are looking for evidence. They are looking for proofs. So we as the carriers of the good news, our life should at least be able to witness to people or at least we should be able to advocate to people based on what we have seen in the body that this is the right way for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Another thing that we need to understand as, as believers is that, that we are instructed to go into the world. I was talking with um, our spiritual leader, Pastor Antonio Duguma, just before this uh, message, and I was telling him that, you know, the experience that we have with COVID-19 will definitely mold a lot of us on how we do the gospel. Uh, it's never going to be the same again, even when we return back to church. He said, go into the world. So for once, it's like the instruction Jesus gave us to go into the world and we, we failed to do, COVID-19 has sent us into the world now. When last, when last did you come to enjoy the, the fantastic auditorium that you, you, you built, the 100,000, 150,000, 30,000 seaters? When last? The instruction has finally started to prevail. Now you, now your church, you now do church with your neighbors. Do church. Start the church from your home. Begin to preach to your children. So it's never going to be the same again. It's going into the world. Your workplace. That's your world. You see, we, are, we come here to be equipped for the outside. 
not for the inside. As believers, the more worldly a person looks, the more attractive they are to our assignment. I'm not going to be shying away from a sinner because I'm sent for sinners. I'm sent. Go ye. That's what Jesus would have specified. You know, go ye and, you know, mingle with the believers. Damn the sinners. But Jesus himself is doing church or did church just the way we are beginning to do it. Jesus wasn't going into the synagogue and the buildings. The Bible said he went about doing good stuffs. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Another thing I want us to know as believers, as we embark on this great assignment, go ye, is that we are representative of a new culture. And when you're introducing a new culture, a new culture, a new value system, a new will, we, we are here to implement the will of God to be done on earth, so that we'll be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we are here for. We are, we are here as representative of a new culture. It, let me tell you one of the most difficult things. Every pastor, every CEO will agree with me that it's so difficult. Even within the church, you, to change the culture of a church is, is serious. Not to talk of changing the culture of the world. So, you, so it's a big task and big responsibility that we have. We have a different culture, but we are here to engage a culture that we are not familiar with. Jesus himself was an example. He modeled the strategy of leaving a culture to come and engage with another culture. He says he came from heaven to earth. Can you just imagine if Jesus felt too sanctified for the adulterous people and too sanctified for the fornicators and too sanctified for the liars and the tax collectors? The job will not be done. So we need to understand as believers that when he said, go ye into the world, he's not telling you to go too sanctified, too holy, too pure, that you can't even stand sinners. That's not the picture. And I just want us to take a minute um, here. Um, just because of the political tension in the country, I, I, I like to say this to us. Um, we should be careful of the two extremes situation that we have. Um, those that don't want to have anything to do with the world, even though the world is the place of assignment. And those that want to just love and get into the world until the world consumes them. These are two extremes. You know, you know we, are, we have a situation now where um, the last time I read my Bible, let me tell you something. Jesus does not belong to a political party. You know, the last time I read my Bible, it said, love God. Jesus said, love God and love people. But we are presented with two options now. And the ones that love God, they just claim to love God. You know, but they can't stand the people that Jesus died for. They don't care about the people. They just care about God. I call them for the for purpose of convenience. I call them the God party. There's another one that loves people. They don't want to talk about God because talking about God is offensive. Talking about God is suppressive. It's, it disturbs freedom. So they don't want to talk about God, but they love people. Let's call them the people party. You see, Jesus does not belong to that God party or the people party. 
all we church, all we believers, all we followers of Jesus need to come back to Jesus' party. And what Jesus' party does, just like what Jesus did, was to connect people to God. And in this culture of our life, we cannot correct until we connect. So it is important for us as believers, as we take this instruction, go ye. We need to ask ourselves that is it possible to go ye and actually deliver the good news if we are not connecting. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. You know, the most sad part of it is how, you know, politics has suddenly began to divide the church of Christ. You know, people, so people we are not divided into opinions and views. The same body that Jesus prayed for unity, it was one of his last prayers, said that they will be united, united in perspective, and everything. But the case is, the dif- is, is different now. So as, as, as believers, it is important that we understand those three things. Number one, that we are advocates and we are witness. Number two, that we are sent to the world. So the world is, we are to go to the world, is not for them to come. So the, the, the church building is beautiful, but the most important thing is to go out there and make a difference. It's to go out there and do Jesus. Let Jesus be seen in our life. The gospel is better caught than taught. Let people look at us and seek the gospel in our lives. It's the greatest skill of evangelism. Amen. Praise the Lord. And just to, and just to the unbelievers, uh, uh, if you are out there, you've not given your life to the Lord, you've not embrace Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you just stumbled onto our channel and you, you see this guy preaching and you just want to know what he has to say. Or, I don't know, maybe somebody promised you a meal if you can watch this sermon. Uh, I, I bet you they will be faithful. But the most important thing that I want to tell you, if you don't have Jesus in your life, to you it is not go ye, it is come ye. To you it is not, it is not there's nothing you are going out to say. Remember I said it's an experience that you share with the world. You do not have experience with Jesus. I want you to say the sinner's prayer. Just come home to the hotel of mercy. I want to encourage you to call on Jesus and ask him to show mercy and, and, and forgive you for all your trespasses. I did that many years ago and my life has never been the same again. I'm going to close with this scripture in Romans 10, verse 14. He said, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Then how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Unless someone tells them that someone is you. I want you to put yourself in that picture. How can they believe or how can they hear about him unless I or tells them? Or unless Duni tells them? Just put your name, put your name in that scripture. How many people are you telling? How, when was the last time that somebody heard about Jesus from you? You see, responsibility is our biggest and the best response to redemption. We are saved to serve. 
So Jesus has gone on the cross of Calvary. He has fulfilled purpose on the cross of Calvary so that you can become part of his project. What are you doing? You see, I made a vow in my life a long time ago, and I, I said there's nothing in my life that I can do to pay Jesus back for the sacrifice on the cross and the new life that he has given me. There's nothing, absolutely nothing I can do. But I said, as long as I have this life, I will do everything with my life to show Jesus that I appreciate. What's your case? What's your case? Father, we are so grateful for the privilege to be counted among those saints for this great assignment. Thank you for equipping and keeping us conscious of this assignment, sweet Jesus. We resolve in our heart that wherever you lead us, we will go. Without restraint, without, without any hesitation, we will go. And ultimately, Lord, we just want to pray that we will not be absent on that great ceremony, the award ceremony in heaven when you will look into our eyes and you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all that we hope for. Nothing in this world can even replace our joy as we look up to you on that great day. Father, crown our life with joy. In Jesus' most precious name we pray.